0: Good morning, everybody. Um, my name is Pete Roberts, and some of you know me, I'm sure. I'm an elder at Grace, and uh, I am going to open up the word with you today, and you could pray that I would do a proper job of dividing uh, the word. And so, uh, if you would stand with me, we're going uh, to read from Romans chapter 7. verse 1 and uh, I'm going to read through verse 6 or do you not know brethren for I'm speaking to those who know the law that the law has jurisdiction over a person as long as he lives for the married woman is bound by law to her husband while he is living But if her husband dies, she is released from the law concerning her husband. So then if her husband is living, she is joined to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law, so that she is not an adulteress, though she is joined to another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law Through the body of Christ, that you may be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we might bear fruit for God. For while we were in the flesh, the passions, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law, were at work in the members of our body to bear fruit for death. Now we have been released from the law, having died to that which we were bound, so that we uh, serve in the newness of the spirit not in the oldness of the letter let's pray dear lord we just uh, we thank you for your word um we thank you for paul who uh who brought it to us and uh, who was an example uh of a changed life and uh, we uh we thank you for uh for your sacrifice that could bring us to the lord and uh, we just pray this morning that uh you would give me uh, wisdom and and uh, insight as I speak your word, and, and uh, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Well, after uh, Brian spoke last week, I thought, well, you know, I should really go hard. I should really pick a passage that's hard and really get into it. I mean... He went pretty hard last week and uh so i thought well i've been studying romans and i could i should uh, i should really give this a go and uh, i've tried this before where uh i get into a passage and uh, and i get up here and um and i get completely lost okay i mean i'm in it and i'm trying to explain something that paul explained and and um Paul's a lot smarter than I am. I mean, and he could break this down and, and help us with it. But I'm going to give it I'm going to give it my best shot, and um, and and then I'm going to probably stop in the middle. Uh, you know, um, Matthew Holbrook uh, suggests that maybe I just forget my notes and come up with a completely new program this morning, and that may happen. I haven't I haven't really got the end of this down yet. Okay, but by third service. I'm, I think I'm going to have a lock on this, um, and so um, here we go. I'm going to give this this a great a great run, and uh, bear with me. I am gonna I have a, a note here. I I made some notes, and I did this with the college group last time, uh, last week when I was teaching in the college group. I uh, had a passage, and then I I read it, and I said, "What do you think?" Just write down what you think that means. Give me your ideas. And um, because I said, I did this myself as I read through the passage and then I wrote down my ideas. And uh, the college group came up with some much better ideas than I did my first run through. And so that's why, you know, I do a little studying on this. But here was my, here's my cliff notes. So in case I don't get there at the end, you know, we should always say what it is that we're going to talk about, you know, tell you where we're going. And then I'm going to hope to get there. But if I lose you, You know, on the way, you'll know how to get there. Here's the cliff notes for for this passage. The law is from God. Now, you notice that they mentioned the law a few times in this passage, didn't they? And they mentioned death. You know, in my business, I talk about death a lot. Okay, so I'm cool with that. And, and, uh, but the law is from God, perfect and good. Number two, that the law that breaking the law requires punishment. Usually not a real popular subject. Okay. Uh, Three, that dead men don't go to jail. In other words, death trumps the law. Makes sense. Never really thought about it before. I mean, escaping, dying by—you know—to escape punishment. What isn't my first choice, okay? Uh, And Jesus defeated sin and death. And those who have been chosen to be united to Jesus are no longer under the law. And that reads really what it means is, if you've been chosen as a child of God, you you are no longer under the punishment of the law. And then finally, if you are no longer under the law, then you are a bondservant. Interesting. You are a bondservant of Jesus, created for good works. And finally... And finally, this is the Cliff Notes. If I never get there, okay, Um, you are a new creation, okay, and you are free not to sin. Have you ever thought about that—that you're you're free now? If you're born again, you are you are free not to sin. Think about that the next time you're tempted. But it's the truth. So now let 's go to the passage, and so there there you are, in case I never get there all right let 's go to the passage, and I have some really great notes that i 'm not sure i 'm going to stick to, but they but I wrote them out and really spent time on them. Um, the major theme the major theme of Romans is this well, maybe one of the major themes is this is that A person who's saved, a born again person, okay, is a changed person. in that um, salvation, if you're born again, okay, um, the result is a total transformation of your life. So in this passage, we're talking about, you know, and, and Paul is talking, if you look there uh, in verse 1, he says, uh, And do you not know, brethren? He's talking to believers and, and believers who, he goes on to say, who know the law and know about law. Hmm. He says, don't you know? Okay. And we're going to go on and we're going to talk. And again, it's this, this should be, my theme should be, if you, if you go down to verse 6, this is the, the, the main verse here, is, but now that you have been released from the law having died to that which you were bound so that you so that we serve in the newness of the spirit it's all about this is about sanctification and serving and so Paul is speaking to believers people who believe okay and and trying to communicate to that that they can lay down working and trying to be good in their own power and observing the law no longer applies. The penalty no longer applies. Okay? And, um, and so, Paul goes next to this analogy of marriage. And, you know, before when I used to read this, and, I, and I've read this a number of times, this, this, the analogy of marriage, and this, Paul is not giving us any counsel on, on marriage or divorce here. Okay, this is not, this is not about that. He's just using it as an analogy. And you know, in, um, in my business, sometimes we do this, and I'm in the insurance business by the way, so in the life insurance business, and so I'm used to talking about death and nobody wants to talk about that, okay? And, uh, but sometimes we do this, we use an analogy. And if we're gonna teach somebody how something works, we we start with something they know and we progress to something they don't know. And Paul does that here. He uh, he starts with uh, the rule, the law concerning marriage. And the people knew this. So he starts there. And he's not telling them anything new. And he says, for a married woman is bound to her. Well, well we know that. Okay? And... Um, <clears throat> And I think it's a great example. And what he then teaches is, is that he says, and, and, uh, but if she has another man, if she has two husbands, there's a rule about that. And if she does that, hmm, she's broken the law and there's a consequence. Now it says here, um, and I'm in verse 3, that she is called an adulteress. Well, that's not all that happened. That's not the only consequence. They didn't just call her names. Okay, there were other consequences. Um, They stoned her. Um, There was like a death penalty. So they did call her names and then they killed her. So they understood that part. There was a, a law, there was a rule. And if you broke it, there were consequences. Now, here's the, here's the teaching point. I think, and and, and Paul moves on, and he says, um, "But if the husband dies, now, interesting, the law didn't change. The law, did, you know, we keep thinking, well, we've died, you know, we've died to sin in the law as Christians, and so uh, Paul took a lot of heat when he came out with, and notice here in this." In these six verses, there are three times it says you have been released from the law or died to the law. And he's still recovering from back in, in chapter 6. I think it's in, you can check me in verse 14. Um, and let's, just, let's go there and look at that. Maybe we can find that. Somebody can find that. Maybe I've got it here in my notes. But uh, he talks about being released from the law and the Jews had a serious problem with this and he was he was trying to recover and explain that the law didn't change what changed was her husband died so there's still a law against having two husbands so the law we're not we're not going back for example um you know some churches today have decided that the that not the the whole book isn't this isn't all the whole truth that there're only parts of it that are true and for example our society has progressed enough that and we've matured and we've developed enough that it's it's okay if your pastor is gay. I mean it's we're going to go with that as long as it's a loving and monogamous relationship. It's perfectly okay. Well, hold. Well, that sounds like the law changed cuz it used to be the, it used to be that that wasn't okay. You you weren't that was really not a good thing. But now life has changed and our culture has progressed and it's different. We use the internet. Things are different. Um, and so that law no longer applies. No, it's, Paul's not saying that the law ended, that the law changed, that the Lord is any different than He was before. He's, he's trying to make an example here and say, no, the husband died, so now the wife is free to remarry. And if she does join herself to another man, it's not a sin. The law doesn't apply. Is Does that? And I'm thinking, this is a perfect example. And he's trying to remind them, the law didn't change, and that, and that the law, there's nothing wrong with the law. He's he's good with the law. Hmm. And verse four. Therefore, my brethren, now he's, he's really trying to, to get with them, and he's going to move into the teaching part here. You were also made to die to the law through the body of Christ, that you might be joined to another. Hmm, I'm getting it now. I'm connecting the dots. There was a death. Now, do you, you know when he talked to Nicodemus? Nicodemus was on the other side of salvation. He was he, he wasn't saved. And he was talking to Nicodemus about the new birth. And Nicodemus wasn't getting it. Right? And now here Paul is talking to believers, people who know the law, who have already... Trusted in Jesus as their Savior, and now he 's talking to them about a death They're, that they 've already died to this. So you see how he 's looking back to that death it's the same this is the same the same thing, just the other side of the coin, and that they have died, and somebody died, and it was your old nature. it died to sin. And to the law. Okay. And it says, so that, okay, and through the body of Christ, so that you could be joined to another, to him who. Now, if you're going to be joined to somebody, if you're going to get on somebody's program, wouldn't it be a good idea to get on the program of somebody who busted? out of the grave I'm talking some serious power I don't know anybody who's done that it must be God and so if I'm going to be joined to somebody if I'm going to sign up on a program if I'm going to be somebody's bond servant it's going to be somebody who busted out of the grave who was raised from the dead, that we might bear fruit. Here's this fruit thing again. Now, you know, I titled it. They, they called me this week. This is always very difficult. They call me on the phone, and they say, what is the title of your sermon? I've, I'm still working on it. I don't know. Okay? Um, so I said, you know, uh, the title is Show Me the Fruit. I just, that sounded good. I mean, there was fruit in here. And... Uh, and really, uh, you know, it should be, Lord, show me the fruit in my life. And we are called to examine and self-examine, right? Lord, show me the fruit in my life. Huh. Um, and so here we are, this whole fruit thing again, and, you know, I think... Uh, I'm sort of a fruit inspector. Um, I apologize. Uh, If you tell me you're a Christian, I'm looking for the fruit. Just just am. That's way I am. Um, And I'm really looking for the fruit in my own life. And as a new believer, I wasn't seeing much fruit. Now, one of the things I do know about fruit trees is they don't produce fruit right away. So don't give up. On people or yourself that aren't producing fruit right away, because it take doesn't it take a couple years sometimes? I hope it doesn't take that long for us. Okay. <clears throat> it says now, for while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law. Who this is a new one? I'm reading through this. I go, oh stop the the law. Hold it, the law is good. Can we stop here and just do a little quick review on the law? How am I doing? I, I'm, I think I'm pretty good on my notes. I've got one really blank page here. Uh, I'm going to review with you what, here it is, what the purpose of the law is. Here's the purpose. It is to present God's perfect standard to us. So we know what perfect is. It's the law. Number two. The law identifies sin and calls it out. and We don't always like that, so we try to change it. But it is what it is. We didn't, you know. It's the law. And... Go down and and if you want to know about calling it out, go down to Romans 7.7 and Paul goes on with some explanation about calling out sin. And he says, I didn't even know what coveting was until it was called out. And then all of a sudden, every sort of coveting that was in me popped out. And then... Number three, and this is, this is where verse 5 hits. It says, and the law aggravates sin. It arouses it. And you think, hold it. This, the law is good. You mean the law that is good produces something that is not good? Well, let me give you an example. In our old nature, before we were born again um i'll just tell you about Pete in the fifth grade um, We got a check mark on the up on the board. Our teacher gave us a check mark you 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 that are teachers out there oh, i if you have fifth graders anyway uh i got there was a you got a check mark if you had a problem with your conduct. And I never did. You know, I had all kinds. There's a bunch of classes we had. Conduct was one of the boxes at the bottom. I never scored well in conduct. Um, and, uh, and so if we got... The teacher said, well, if you got three checks on the board, then at the end of the quarter, you would get an unsatisfactory, a U, my typical grade, uh, for, for conduct. If you got three checks... Well, and then there were some, you know, there were rules. Like one of the rules was if you're late coming in from recess. That was a rule. All right, now, I had three checks in the first day, okay? Okay, I had three checks. So I was under penalty anyway. I was going to get a U. I was going to get put on restriction. It was over. But I had never considered coming in late for recess, until Mrs. Nelson posted it as a law, as a rule. Nobody ever came in later than I did. You got to check for every minute. I was 40 minutes late one day. Because if, if you're going down, you may as well go down big. And and so the rule, can you get it that the the that the rule will aggravate sin? It it Paul calls it out and tells us, I'm just an example. If if there's a sign that says don't walk on the I, on the grass, okay. Now I never considered walking on the grass till I saw the sign. If it says don't park here, well, there's nobody here. You know and the Martins and the Roberts, we have a thing and we talk about the grid of truth, right? Well, my grid is sort of wide sometimes. So is this, so is Dan's. But then we're married to, to wives whose grid is very... You know, it's it's Saturday afternoon at the school. There's nobody at the school. There's nobody there. The school is vacant. We're going over to use the ball field. And... And I pull up to the curb where it says, no, it's red, no parking. And I park and Elise goes, you can't park here. I said, there's nobody here. But it's posted. Well, I wouldn't have parked there except it said no parking. I, I think you get it. Um, and fourthly, the law drives us to Jesus. No, those are four things that the law does. The law is good. Let's go. Go with me to uh, um, Psalms, Psalm 19. And I love Psalm 19. I really do. I mean, I only know a few verses. So when I'm up here, I need to tell you the ones that I know. Okay, so you'll think that I'm, I'm really with it. But I love this psalm, and uh, and so. But but look here, at Psalm 19, in verse seven, it says, "The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. And the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to this, to the soul, or giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm; they are not changing." That's good security for me that they're not changing. Okay? They're firm. And all of them are righteous. And they're more precious than gold, much pure gold, and sweeter than honey. And the law is good. Amen? The law is good. Okay? And if there's been a death and dead men don't go to jail... And we've died to sin, and we're united to another, one who busted out of the grave. Then we're no longer under penalty. Amen. Is that a good thing? Man, I, I talk about good news. This is good news. The good news is, I am not going to hell. It's, it it's, goes on forever. And it's really warm. It's hot. Okay. Hmm. Matthew told me to keep track of my time. Matt, can you help me? Can you tell me where I'm at? You don't know. I mean, somebody can. Somebody tell me that I'm, I'm like halfway. I'm done. No. I have ten. I have twelve minutes. Thank you. You think I've never done this before, okay? Um, so, so here we are, and we're down to verse six. Being released from the law, having died to that which bound us, hope that we are to serve. In the newness of the spirit. Let's go to let's go to a story. You know, I mean, I've 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 broken this down as far as I can. All right. Um, Let's go to a story. You'd rather hear a story, anyway. I would. And so here's the story. It's the story of the dysfunctional family. Somebody thinks, they're, you're sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, he's going to tell about my family. Okay. And my mother's not here. She would think, oh, for sure he's going to tell about our family. Okay. It was dysfunctional. Okay. But no, uh, go to, to Luke chapter 15. The story of the dysfunctional family in Luke 15. You're thinking, <laughs> I don't remember that story. Um well, sometimes they call it the the prodigal son, right? The lost son, right? But it is the story of the dysfunctional family. Because both of the sons hated their father. And you're thinking, "Pete, what the what does this have to do with Romans chapter 7?" I think I think it has a lot to do and and besides, I really like this story. Okay? And a lot of other people do too, by the way. Because the story of the dysfunctional family is considered the greatest short story ever told. Hmm. But we know the story. We know, we know the story fairly well. And, and, and we know that the younger son, right? And if you don't know the story, you've got to read this. This one you've got to know. And the younger son says to his father, give me my share of the inheritance. And it was like saying, I wish you were dead because I want my stuff now. That's what it was saying. It was, it was unheard of to say something like this. And, and then more surprising than that, the father does what? He gives it to him. And then worse yet, the kid goes off, right? And what does he do? He trashes his inheritance. He spends it all on while living. And soon it's gone. Right? And then the story goes on. I'm 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 moving through this quickly, and life happens. You know, hello, if you haven't figured this out yet, life happens. And a famine comes. This is a serious famine. But life can happen. And you think, oh, things are good now. But a famine comes and He was in desperate need. And so he goes to plan B. Now he's going to do his own program. He has his own plan, which is to get away from the Father and get away from his rules. Interesting. He's going to make his own rules. And he goes out and 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 he's in desperate need. He's starving to death. And he just throws himself on some man in this foreign town. And he says, "Please let me just do do something for you." And he says, "Go out and work in my pig pen." The Jews and the Pharisees who are hearing the story were like, oh, "This story could not get any worse." Now he's in the pig pen. Interesting. And he's starving to death. Okay, and we know, it says, and he finally comes to his senses. He comes to his senses. And he says, I'm going to go to my father's house. And I'm, I mean, even the servants live better there than, than I am here. I'm dying. And so he, he, he up and leaves. He resolves to go and he goes. Now, we know what happens is that he comes back and the father and, and uh, I mean, sometimes you can't read the story if you're a father, okay, without crying. Okay, so I'm going to skip over the part, Okay where the father is standing. No, I'm not going to skip over. I thought I was. But the father is looking. He's standing on the edge of town looking for his boy. And he sees him. And then he does the most embarrassing thing. The Pharisees are appalled. And he runs. He lifts up his robe and he runs down to greet his boy and to hug him and to welcome him back. The kid can't hardly get out that he has sinned. Hmm. He knew he sinned. He knew he broke the law. Okay, He knew there was a penalty. You want to know what the penalty was for this? Go, go read how David treated Absalom. Go back in the Old Testament and check it out. And see how Dave, David was not a very good father. His son comes back. David's son comes back. Just read how long it took David to even talk to his boy. Huh. Not so here. The boy does confess, the father puts a new robe on him, gives him, puts a ring on his finger, right? Sandals on his feet. That was sig- that signified sonship, right? He was back in the family. Huh. The older son. This is the dysfunctional family. Neither one of the boys loved the father. The older, did the older son love the father? Was he in fellowship with the father? No, no, no. Jesus is telling the story to the Pharisees. And they were appalled at the behavior of the younger son. They were appalled at the behavior of the father. Welcome him back. Because what David did was expected. Finally, the older son comes into the story. And what does the older son do? The older son, comes. we come back, and the older son is upset. Ask the servant, what is going on? And he's upset at the father. And then look what he says. I'm going to see if I can find this. And the older brother, verse 28, became angry and refused to go in. And so his father went out to plead. Is this father a good guy? My gosh. Patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control and the, and the uh, older boy is brutal with the father and says look you never you, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your order that's a lie I'm not buying that for a second. I never So Give me a break. Sounds good. Okay? Here's, Here's my point. Is that the older son is operating under the law. He's throwing up all the deeds that he did. He's not in fellowship with the father. Huh. I wonder... I wonder as we examine the fruit in our lives, if we're the younger son who's run off, now if we are the younger son who's run off, we're not here at church today, (laughs) okay, so those are some people who are not going to the party. And... Or maybe we're the older son who we're coming to church, we're doing it because if I don't, my wife is going to really be upset with me. i got to go with this program. There are people at church that are expecting me to be there. Hmm. Am I doing this under the letter of the law? Hmm. I want to ask you this question. Because it doesn't state it in the story. What was the younger son's Behavior? How was it, did his life change after he came back? After living in the pig pen, was his life any different? What do you think? I, I, here's what I think. I think he went out and party when his dad wasn't looking. Okay, I think he brought his girlfriend back home to to spend the night. Do you think? Absolutely not. His life was changed. And he served the father, I'll bet you, he served the father uh, anticipating anything that his dad would want. Am I right? Do you think I'm right about this? That that kid's life was a changed life. And he was at the celebration. And he didn't deserve it. lord uh i'm we're just going to pray here lord uh, I do thank you for your word I thank you for paul who who pointed out that uh we're not under the law we we cannot earn it, we can't do it uh, and um uh, and that the only ones who are in fellowship with you are the ones who have laid it down and realized that uh not by works that will be saved not by doing the things we thought the father would want us to do Uh, but by uh, surrendering our will to the father by coming back to live in his house by serving him with uh, with uh, with a thankful spirit that's going to produce fruit good fruit um Lord, we realize that that those are are the people who are truly called. And, Lord, I would pray that you would would, uh, cause us to search our heart, to see if we are in the faith, uh, to examine ourselves, to see what kind of fruit we are producing uh, um, to serve you, Lord. And uh, I just thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.